A true American hero, and one you'll never know, and this is going to be a tearjerker, I'm just telling you. So uh, if you're not ready to have a tearjerker, don't watch this video. Um, so in my uh, uh, discussion, I guess, or monologue on uh, the evils of prohibition and how innocent, mostly black kids are uh, being affected by the uh, rampant crime in the inner cities and whatnot, a guy responded to me. Is an interesting take, um, uh, but anyway, it's interesting. So uh, I emailed back, said, "But you're successful. How come?" And uh, we had a little bit of a dialogue, and uh, and he shared with me a story. I'm going to share with you, and I'm telling you, it's uh, it will, it's it's sad. Just don't worry about it. Um, so here's a guy. He says uh, he has a picture of him and his granddad, and I'll show you the picture right here. All right, so here's the granddad, and. He asked me not to show his face or say their names, but that's a granddad. Obviously, can't see him, but that's a World War II memorial. And he says, that's a picture of my granddad, a World War II vet, honorable discharge. He passed away in 2008 at 94 years old. Him and my grandma used to tell me the horrendous stories of how they were treated by white people and while he was in the Army. However, he, they loved America. He capitalized that. They loved America. And he would... He would place a flag outside of their house every Memorial Day, July 4th, and Veterans Day. It would go to all the American holiday parades in our city. Then, uh, so I emailed them. I said, uh, <clears throat> what did I say here? Uh, I told him, I said, man, your picture's making me cry. I said, uh, I'd like to learn more about it. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, you don't have to feel comfortable if you don't want me to use you know, your granddad's face because you can use a picture, just don't use my face and don't mention our names. Yep. And he said he belonged to something. Um, he retired in 1980 and made way more money retired than he did work and due to Social Security and retirement. Plus, their house was paid off. 1980s, when he quit smoking cold turkey and started our addiction to sweets. It's funny because uh, back then, don't forget World War II, I think cigarettes were part of it. I don't know if it was before Sea Rats. I can't remember. We had MREs. Uh, he, uh, the, I, I can't remember CRAS or KRAS, something like that, but they had cigarettes in there a lot of times. So I'm sure the government hooked them on smoking. If you go to the World War II Memorial and type in this guy's name and click on his name, you'll see his certificate. I took him to see his name at the memorial. And that was the first time I had seen him cry. I also found out that he was scared of heights. We went up to Washington Monument and he wouldn't look out the windows. What made me want to join the Navy was this guy, because remember, his granddad raised him, his grandparents. doesn't say what happened to his parents, but his grandparents raised him. What made me want to join the Navy was my granddad. I, ever, I never understood why he would display the flag and talk highly of America after he was treated like he was until I, until I joined the Navy in 1988 and had a chance to serve at the Persian Gulf War in, uh, in 1991 during the Gulf War. So this guy is literally my age. I joined the Army in 88. This guy joined the Navy in 88. I, I can almost guarantee he graduated high school the same time I did. I try not to think of some of the stories he used to tell me because they're so degrading for such a great man to go through, and yet he just told them so nonchalant. And he's answered my question now. Why did I succeed? Because what was that? <clears throat> I succeeded because I was raised by a World War II vet and my grandma. They taught me how to sacrifice, to be frugal, to save money, work hard, have a good attitude at work, even though you may be having a bad day. Learn all I can, pray, take care of yours, and don't depend on anyone for nothing. My family now kind of admires me like my grand 
kind of reminds me like my grandfather, but the key word is kind of. I'm no way close. That generation was uh, truly the greatest. There's uh, another take on uh, his, well, let's just put the, he doesn't like Trumpster, but there are some things about the Trumpster he likes, which is uh, which is his take on immigration. I'm just telling you right now. The Trumpster, he, he's smarter than a lot of people think because he knows in terms of politics, if he can get a certain group of people to vote just a little bit more than they have, it's over for the opposition. Um, anyway, that uh, it pains me because America is such a friggin' great country. It's kind of like it pains me with the church because the church is such a great, it's, it's not, it's, the America is great, but its people can be horrible. No different than the church. The church is great. The Christian church is wonderful because the person who we get on our knees to pray to, who rose from the dead, who was nailed to the cross. And by the way, Jesus certainly wasn't some white blonde hair guy. Let's just admit that right now. I mean, if you're, there's no white blonde guys in the Middle East I can see. I mean, there might be a few. One Jesus. And this is not to say I'm ashamed to be white or anything like that. Not at all. I got no pride or no shame whatsoever. I'm proud to be an American. That's all I'm proud to be. Because America is good. It's people can be bad. And the sad thing is a guy like this, you know, I shared the story a, a while ago. I can't remember how long it goes. But I, my, my dad, I don't think, well, I can't remember. I'll share it again. So my dad was in Kansas City. He was uh, hitchhiking across country. I don't know what he's doing, but this is, I think this is before he met my mom, but he's hitchhiking across country. I think he graduated high school. He's going to school in Iowa. So he graduated in Los Angeles in high school, and I think he was going to school in Iowa. He was hitchhiking across country, and I think he dropped out after like six months or something like that. I don't know the little story. But he said he was sitting in a diner in Kansas City. My dad's a you know 18-year-old punk kid, hippie. And uh, and this uh, you know a, a good-looking black guy, a, a formidable, but that's not the word I'm looking at. Not, not sophisticated, but just a uh, a good-looking black guy came in. What's the word I'm looking for? You're not a not a guy down on his luck. I don't know how to. As a, I'm dropping the word, what he had called him. Uh, but a guy came in, and the the people in the diner were just yelling at this guy, screaming, just you know dropping. You know what they're saying, and. Uh, and my dad was stunned because the same people were screaming at this guy, then turned around and waited on him like he was a cat's meow. And uh, he said, that changes. He said, I couldn't believe it. He said, I'd never seen that. He's from California. And I'm sure there's some racism in California, but you know, and where he was from was mostly uh, Spanish and whites. But he said, I'd never seen that. I was in Kansas City. It wasn't like Alabama. And uh, it was nuts. And he goes, I, I just it changed, it changed him. Now, I'll never forget my mom telling a story when they lived in uh, San Francisco in the, the late 60s. And, uh, like, you just, some of this you don't know. You don't know if it's Elizabeth Warren type stories. You don't know. But it's just a passed down from generation from, well, from my mom to me. So I had uh, no reason to challenge it. But she said she went down to San Francisco where the Black Panthers were handing out food to poor people. They're poor, you know, they're people. And, uh, and she goes, what can I do to help? And the Black Panther said, don't help us we got it you go tell your old people stop being so damn racist and my mom shared that with me and i always thought that was funny because it's like you know we got her own you we don't need you to help us we need you to help you uh your people are the racist ones we're not and i always kind of chuckled that because i said it's true man if uh we can help other people who are in need but when you're the one <laughs> who got the problems you're the ones who need to be helped not them anyway so that's how i was raised is to 
to just respect other people of, of all sorts and, and everything. And, but I've, you know, when I went in the army and I just, I remember coming out, I remember we did this, uh, it's just, you know, we do these, uh, funeral details around upstate New York and whatnot. And I just remember this one time, this guy, he was a world war two vet. He wasn't black. I'll think, but there's a bunch of black guys there, black folks. And, uh, I can't remember. I can't, I just remember, I was just thinking these guys like this guy, I said, how, they're so freaking patriotic and yet we treat him so shamefully it's nuts it's insane and i was reading about jesse owens you know hitler actually sh shook jesse owens hand hitler did you know who didn't fdr i, I mean I, I just think about that think about that now this is in 1936 i mean hitler is still doing bad things but certainly before we knew how bad he was going to be but Jesse Owens said in like his memoirs, Jesse Owens went, there was a guy in Germany who run, who uh, helped, it was just, it was, it was, I can't remember the guy's name, but it's just, a, you can read Jesse Owens' memoirs or read, anyway, this guy's white guy in Germany who Jesse Owens beat handily in the long jump. And the guy uh, basically walked hand in hand with Jesse Owens around, you know, the track while Hitler was bearing down and not, uh, what's the guy's name? The freaking, not Mengele, the other guy. Um, Hitler, Mengele, I forgot the other guy's name. But anyway, and they're bearing down on him. I said, man, what a, I mean, talk about courage, man. You know what I'm saying? And anyway, of course, that guy was killed in World War II. But Jesse Owens was the best man at that guy's son's wedding. Flew to Germany to be the best man at that guy's son's wedding. And Jesse Owens said, uh, Hitler gave me more respect than my own president did. I, it just, it's crazy. I mean, it's easy to look at hindsight. It's just kind of, it's easy. But this, uh, you know, I talk about it quite a bit here is that when it comes to you know discriminate discrimination i don't want to hear anything about people of color and all that stuff i want it's only the blacks no one else i don't want to hear it. i frankly am not sympathetic at all to other people saying i'm discriminated against i'm not but i'm completely sympathetic to american blacks and american indians to be perfectly honest with you but you come here you came here on your own accord these people didn't come here but when they did come here they freaking fought for the country even though they were gonna be kicked in the rear by just by losers like my dad now my dad didn't do it but i mean just like an 18 year old hippie had more priority than a an honorable probably world war ii vet it's crazy i can't think of anything more shameful but then i look at the church and i say the people of the church are fallible there's none not fallible not even this guy we're all fallible the only one that was was jesus and he wasn't a race <laughs> he was just him I think it's probably not a bad idea to once in a while just to sit back and say, hey, how lucky you are if you're in this United States, hey, first and foremost. You can't, it's, you are blessed for some ungod, I don't know why. But with lots of blessings come lots of responsibility. And the one thing we got to do is find a way to make it right with a people like this man. I mean, that's a man's man right there. Ugh, man, it just, it, I can't help but get interrogated thinking about this guy coming back from war and be treating be treated so poorly but it's no different than the christian church treating others jesus lovers so poorly too i mean it's just it's it's like it's history it's human beings i don't know how you make it right this guy was giving me some ideas you know uh i don't know i don't know it's funny what he was it's just kind of funny what he was saying you know about it. he wasn't really saying it like this but like a marshall plan because i look man i completely agree with the sentiments that 
blacks, American blacks have been without question. They started way back here. And they have some video on YouTube that shows like whites coming way up in front and blacks being held back and stuff. That kind of bothered me because that's pitting whites versus blacks. But I think we got to admit the facts are, even if you're you know a poor white boy from Maine, um, you know, with no money, you still had a head start of over this guy. Not the well, the granddad obviously, but the granddad's grandson who he raised. Because my grampy uh, was in the Navy, it was Lockheed Martin. Uh, he left, you know, he he got the privileges of being a white American. This guy's grampy did not. Uh, and so because inherently when my grampy died, he had more, I guarantee net worth than this guy did. I don't know that for sure, but I just, it's just the nature of you do have a leg up. You do. And because it's because these other people, not that you were given privileges, but they were kept back. I've always thought about that a lot, actually, because I, I'm not one of these guys that says, don't talk about reparations. I don't know how you do it. I have a sneaky feeling how I would do it, Frank. I'd say, and like this guy was saying, not Jamaicans, not black Africans, just black Americans who were born and raised descendants of slaves. I think in you know, some way you just say we're going to somehow do something, uh, you know, a Marshall plan for that group of people. But see, the problem is I have is I'm not sure. I don't know. Would it fall on deaf ears? Would it be used? I don't know. I don't know what you'd do. But I've always wondered about that. Like, you know, we got a bunch of rich people in the United States, a bunch of rich people, a bunch of Bill Gates, a bunch of Warren Buffett's, a bunch of people like that. And we have a group who have benefited with it not from their white privilege, but from the privilege of being in America. That's what they benefited from. And we have a bunch of people who were held back, who, who committed their lives to this country. There's a great, great country that we can all agree is wonderful, but we've failed of many of its own people to some degree. You, know, you can't tax the freaking poor white people. That's all that's going to do is bring animosity. I don't know what you do. But I hear stories like this, and I think about my own granddad, who's a wonderful man, captain of the Navy. His brother uh, bombed the, uh, some Japanese uh, battleship, but Carl Deitchman and my grandpa's Vincent Deitchman. He, my grandpa uh, flew, test flew with uh, Chuck Yeager or John Glenn, one of those two guys. I, can, I always get him confused. I think it's John Glenn. He was on the same test pilot unit or whatever it was with John Glenn. His brother uh, took out one of the Japanese battleships, uh, and he had a story on that. It's, it's freaking insane when you read that story. You're like, whoa, it's crazy. And he's literally going to look him up in Wikipedia, Carl Deitchman. Um, and this guy, but they you know, fought in the same war as this guy did. But when they got out, they got to go work at Lockheed Martin and you know whatever, Boeing, I don't know, um, you know, fly for commercial airlines and whatnot, save, save, save raise their children, go to Catholic schools, you know, just living a nice, good life. And, uh, and this guy's, he couldn't do the same. And then on top of it, he took his own grandson in to, to raise him. I just, I mean, what kind of, you can't get any more honorable than that. So I don't know what to do because you don't want to benefit people who don't quote unquote deserve, but I mean, how do you make that choice? I don't know. I don't know how you do it, but I think, I think there's gotta be some kind of thought put into how do you, make good of this guy's sacrifice. And obviously this guy since passed on. But there is a legacy there, man. It's bad. And I'm not shameful. I'm ashamed of the country allowing that to happen. I'm not ashamed like, oh my goodness, I'm white. Who's that stupid lady, Roseanne Arquette? And like, I'm so ashamed of disgust me white. It's just stop. That's a, I mean, it's just stop, stop, stop. It's embarrassing. And I'm all, but I'm even more seen by people come here on their own accord saying, I'm a people of color. Treat me like you treat like the blacks. No, you don't freaking, you don't. It's, a, it's, oh, 
It infuriates me when I hear that. To some degree, I think the gays have more of a case to be made than, you know, some guy that came from, I don't know, whatever, a POC that came on his own accord. But gays at least could hide it. As much as that's wrong, at least at the end of the day, if you're gay, you, you could go into a bar and, and not, I don't know, act gay or whatever. A black guy couldn't do that. It's witnessed by my dad's story with a black guy going into that diner. But I mean, once you find out gay, you you he'll have no fury. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, so I think gays have actually a leg up on that. I think it was blacks, American Indians, and probably gays who've got the worst brunt of it. Everyone else, no, forget that. You came here. You you know you're gonna have to work around. There is no discrimination against you today. None whatsoever. Oh yes, there no, there's not. Is there discrimination against blacks? Yeah, to some degree, I think so. Um, some of it I do, but it's not the same as it was for this gentleman here. But I think there is some, absolutely. I don't know how you, I don't know how you erase it, frankly. I just, uh, I don't know what you can do. I just, as a white guy, I sit here and I think, man, <laughs> we're all human beings, man. You know, the, the Lord died for us each, but that doesn't mean you don't try to make right the the bad things that happen. The priests in the Catholic Church, uh, that doesn't mean God's bad or Jesus is bad or the church is bad. It just means those guys are freaking fools. How many, you know, we're paying, you know, my own money. We're paying these people who are victimized by these, uh, you know, we can make a case why there's so many priests going that route. I think something is blindingly obvious, which I'll stay for another day, but that doesn't make the church bad. It certainly doesn't make Jesus bad. Um, but it does turn people away from the church, turn people away from the great country because of the actions of fellow human beings that did people wrong. And you got to make it right. And, you know, the Catholic Church, unfortunately, is having to do that by uh, by lawsuits. But, you know, you got to make people, got to make it right. And money's not going to solve it. Money's not going to bring this guy back. But he, that, like I told this man, I said, man, the nice thing is uh, we know when it came to the front of the line, I guarantee his, his granddad was put in the front in the St. Peter Bell, St. Peter opened the pearly gates. And God said, uh, God greeted him with open arms. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Because if there's ever a servant, it would be that guy right there. He served. If there's ever a guy that did what the Lord told him to do, I put you in their place for a reason. Smile and groove on in your servant, the word of the Lord. I, we don't know why, but I guarantee you that guy went, all right, all right, I, I can sacrifice a little bit to, to be here. It doesn't make it right while we're here, but, uh, <laughs> and I think too, just all the, uh, the poor white guys who died in civil war. Yeah. I hear all this stuff about white supremacy and white. It's just, it's freaking embarrassing. I don't know why it's got to all be racial focused because there's tons, my friends, tons of white people that also sacrificed. I mean, hell, Charlton Heston marched with Martin Luther King. Do you know that? I just it's like trending now to to be a POC and to bash whites and all that. I just I hate that. I've always hated that crap. I hate it on either side. That's why I liked the Lakers when I was growing up. Because the Celtics had all the white guys, the Lakers had all the black guys, and I've always been fond for the underdogs. I've always liked Vince Evans as a quarterback for the Bears, James Harris as a quarterback for the Rams in the seventies. Then they had uh, obviously Doug Williams, Randall Cunningham. Always liked the black quarterbacks. And now I like the white receivers and the white running backs. There aren't that many. So I'm always fond of the underdogs. And I, I like to, it's, oh, that's racial. Eh, that's not. It's just I like the underdogs. Always have, always will. 
I always like the black Republicans, man. Lynn Swan ran for as a black Republican. We got a guy up in uh, Michigan run for a black Republican, too. I always like that. I always like the underdogs. I think it's good. The people go against the grain. I'm, I'm fond of, for sure. But there are some things, injustice that happen that I just, I wish we had a way to make it right. I don't know how to do it. Anyway, I'd be open to suggestions, but, uh, man, just, can you believe this guy is an honorable man? Just a wonderful, wonderful human being. <sighs> Breaks my heart, man. Mm. But I'm glad this guy shared this story with me because uh, that's a hero. That's just as much a hero, if not more, than my own granddad and my own granddad's brother. I guess that makes my, I don't know what that makes, my great uncle or something like that. I'm not sure. Great, great uncle. But they're all heroes. All right, we'll see you.